Hi there everyone at Luton Christian Fellowship. Uh, Happy New Year to you, to Michael and to Becky and the leaders and the church there. We're entering, aren't we, into a new year and a new set of challenges that have come with it that we're needing to embrace as the church community. And it's a privilege to get an opportunity to send you a message today that I'm really hoping and praying will help you and encourage you to be able to lift your eyes and to see God, your help and your support from Psalm 121. This message is called Where to Find Help When You Need It. And I'm hoping and praying as this comes to you today, at the beginning of a new year, you'll be stirred in your faith to hold firm and believe God to come through for you in every situation where you need him. So thank you for the opportunity of sharing in your service and God bless you. Now, the theme I want to talk to you about reminds me of a very, very famous song. And actually, this song was first launched on the 19th of July, 1965, which, just a little confession, was five months before I was born. So I guess you're figuring out the maths of my age already. And it was released by the Beatles. It was a number one single. It was called Help. Now, I I guess some of you might, the moment I say that, be humming the tune in your head and remembering it maybe if you're old enough but the lyrics go something like this in part of the song I need somebody help not just anybody help you know I need somebody I've never needed anybody's help in any way but now those days are gone and I'm not so self-assured now I find I've changed my mind and opened up the doors and I'm fascinated by those lyrics because I guess that they speak about those moments in all of our lives when we realise that we need some help. We're living in a season where so many people need help and need support. And the theme I want to speak to you about today is quite simply asking the question, how do you find help when you need it? You know, when you explore the Psalms, and maybe like me, you love the Psalms, you see how much they connect with our inner human experience. There's 150 of these songs, these lyrics that the writers set to music to express some deeply personal things. And one of those things that the Psalms express so very often is a cry for help. In fact, over 60 times in the Psalms, the writers either ask God for help or thank God for his help. And one of those moments is Psalm 121. And I want to read it to you from the the good old fashioned scripture, not the digital form, but the the good paper form that that we all love so much. I want to read this psalm. It's only eight verses, but it just speaks so much into our human experience and maybe for you at the moment. And the psalmist says this, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. Now we know that the Psalms are formed as something of a hymn book, it would seem, and 
This particular psalm, Psalm 121, is part of a small group of 15 psalms known as the Psalms of Ascent. And they in particular form something of a hymn book used by Jewish people as they travelled to Jerusalem for the three great festivals in the Jewish annual calendar. Now, I'm not sure if you know, but Jerusalem is 3,800 feet above sea level. It's a very high point. And so the journey to Jerusalem, pretty much from anywhere else around Palestine, around the Holy Land, involved this climb, this ascent, to arrive at the top of the mountain where Jerusalem was set, and at its highest point, the tabernacle, or at the later date, the temple. The climb was necessary to connect with God. Let's be honest, for some of us, for many people at intervals in their lives, life can seem something of an uphill struggle. In fact, the truth is for a lot of us, when it comes to our life of faith, that can feel like an uphill struggle. The challenge of connecting with God through all of our experiences and emotions and circumstances can feel like an uphill struggle. And Psalm 121 encourages us to discover where our help really does come from. And the psalm begins with what seems to be a statement and a question. The psalmist says, I look up to the mountains. And it strikes me, as you explore this a little deeper, that could mean maybe one of three things. It could mean that as they're walking on this pilgrimage, they're looking to the mountains, aware of the dangers that those hills present from predators or robbers or thieves who would hide there, take advantage of those in the valley as they walk through. It could also mean I'm looking around me. I look to the mountains. I can see the idols of other religions that have been set up on those high places. But of course, it could also mean that I'm looking towards Jerusalem and the hope that I can find there. To be fair, all three of those meanings could be true in this particular series of statements that the psalmist is making. But the psalmist then asks this question, does my help come from there, from those mountains? Maybe he's asking the question, who will help me if I'm endangered by some of those predators or those thieves who might want to wound or attack me? Maybe he's asking the question, can those idols, those gods of other regions, religions I see in the hills around me, can they help me? Maybe he's saying, can I really trust God to come to my aid and my assistance? I suppose the underlying question in all of what we're beginning to say here is all about where do you look for help from? Where are you looking to for your help? Because too often in life, we're looking for help from the wrong places, even maybe the wrong people. And we need to ensure that when we know the help that we need, we go to the right place, the right person. For, for example, if I have a punctured tyre on my car, I'm not going to go to the dentist for help. If I have a broken bone in my arm, I'm not going to the travel agents for help. Now, I know that's a little silly, but it's making the point. We need to know where to go for the kind of help that we need. We need to know that the problems we have sometimes are bigger than our ability to solve them. The great motivational speaker, Brenny Brown, said this. We don't have to do all of it alone. We were never meant to. Isn't that a revelation? That actually in these days of self-sufficiency, the I generation, we're not actually called 
to do it all on our own. And Psalmist says in Psalm 121 verse 1 in the Passion Translation, then I realise that our true help and protection come only from the Lord, our creator, who made the heavens and the earth. But the psalmist doesn't stop there, doesn't just declare that God's our help. The psalmist goes on to tell us how God helps us. And there's just a couple of these headlines I'd like to give you today. First of all, the psalmist tells us that God helps us stand securely. In verse three of this psalm, he simply says, he will not let you stumble. In other words, when you ask God for help, you actually find yourself in a far more secure place in the process of asking. The problem or need you have may not vanish immediately. It may not even vanish at all, to be honest with you. But your capacity to stand emotionally secure despite the challenges will definitely increase in the whole process of asking God. Just like the person who's trying not to fall over on a slippery service or in a strong wind needs someone to help them stand and hold them up. So do we in life's difficult moments. And it's realising we can go to God. We can ask him for that help. He wants to help us stand securely. And that's the picture that Psalm 121 is painting for you and for me, that God is standing with us. Isn't that a wonderful thought? That wherever you are watching this today, God is with you, standing with you. In another psalm, in Psalm 40, verse 2, again, in the passage translation, we read these words. He stooped down to lift me up out of danger and the desolate pit I was in, out of the muddy mess I'd fallen into. Now he's lifted me up into a firm, secure place and steadied me while I walk along his ascending path. Isn't that a wonderful picture of this? I'm walking on this ascending path. I know it's an uphill struggle sometimes to connect with God. I know that there's insecurity all around me, but he's steadying me and walking with me on that journey. But also the psalmist talks about how he watches over us attentively. You know, there seems a subtle yet really important distinction in what the psalmist says here. Some people imagine that God is watching them. Of course, God's watching us. Of course, God is looking out at us. But some people imagine it's as if God is watching us to catch us out, to, to reprimand us, to, to notice the mistakes we make and to jump all over those errors and mistakes we make. Let's be honest. If that's how God works, he's really going to be very busy, is he? Considering all the collective amount of sins and mistakes that you and I make in the daily detail of our lives. But what the psalmist actually says is God is watching over us. And that is a really, really important distinction. Now, about 16, 17 months ago, my wife Amanda and I, we became grandparents for the first time. Oh, what a wonderful experience that has been. And our son and daughter-in-law and granddaughter live in Denmark. So we don't get to see them that often. But we did this summer. Um, we had an opportunity before things change, really, in terms of travel to head out to Denmark and spend some time there. It was a joyous family time, wonderful. And uh, our granddaughter was was starting to take the first steps in terms of walking. She was going from crawling to holding on to things. And Amanda, my wife, was taking her hands out on in, in the grass around the, the place we were staying and 
and walking with her, almost determined that before we left and came back to, to the UK, that she'd walk with her. But you know, there were a couple of moments we were left to look after our granddaughters. Our son and daughter-in-law went off and did some things together. And I can assure you, we were watching over her. We weren't watching over her to reprimand her. In fact, we were encouraging her to get on her feet and walk and, and to make some movements. But the reality is that we were watching over her to protect her, to be sure she didn't stumble and fall into something that could hurt her or damage her, to pull something on herself as you know little children can do. And that is the picture of what Father God is doing for you and for me. In Psalm 32, verse 8 in the New Living Translation, we read these words, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best path for you. I will advise you and watch over you. God is watching over you and me to help us flourish in life, not to catch us out, but to watch our journey, to watch the steps that we take to be with us in that journey. But the psalmist is also saying that this whole sense of what God is doing as he he looks over our lives is that he's shielding us personally. Brenny Brown, the motivational speaker I mentioned just a few moments ago, has also said, I, I thought faith would say, I'll take away the pain and discomfort. But what it ended up saying was, I'll sit with you in it. That's so important. You know, all of us have things that happen in our lives and there's stuff gone on in my own life over many years uh, and stuff that's difficult, relational stuff, stuff in my family life. And recently, one of the revelations that God gave to me as I sat and pondered some of the mess that has sat around my bigger family life for so many years that I really can't do anything about. And I just felt I was sitting in this mess. But I had this revelation from God that he was saying, son, I'm sitting with you in it. Isn't that wonderful that God, who became Emmanuel, God with us in the person of Jesus, the son, comes into our life and now by his spirit into us as believers and sits with us, shielding us personally by his presence. In verse 8 of Psalm 121 in the Passion Translation, it tells us there that you will be guarded by God himself. Wow. Not some security guards that have military experience or a police background. And that would be brilliant to think you'd have that security of people like that around you. But no, you will be guarded by God himself. You know, this doesn't mean that we're never in danger or that we won't experience difficulty. But it means we never have to face it alone. When we're looking for help, we can believe and be confident God is our help. In another psalm. Psalm 63, verses 7 to 8, we read these words, Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong hand holds me securely. I'm really convinced that God has protected me from dangers I didn't know I was facing. Things I didn't see. Things I didn't hear coming. But he did. And he shielded me and he shielded you too. And if you think and reflect upon those seasons of your life, I'm sure that you will notice amazing moments where God has protected you. But I wonder really whether in the kingdom to come, when maybe, I don't know, we get to review something of the journey of this life and this, this season we've walked in. 
You will be amazed to see how he has shielded and protected us. Things we never knew were dangerous to us. Situations, circumstances, people that somehow God protected us from those things because he's our ever present help. The psalmist says in times of trouble. And so we see that the best response when we need help is without doubt to lift our attention towards God. I've come to realise that sometimes the answer to our request for help is found in the very act of asking. We want our problems to be solved and our situations to change and our needs to be met by God. Of course we do. But God wants us to look towards him, to turn our attention on him. See, that for God is the most important thing of all. We're looking for the practical application. We're looking for this to change and that to change and that person to change and the other person to change. But Father God is looking for us to look toward him. Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 3 are very famous verses and verse 2 you will know very familiarly but let me read them to you out of the passage translation. It says there we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. We fix our eyes on Jesus. I grew up in an Elim church Spent all my life in an Elim church and by the grey hairs, you know, that that's a fair while. And growing up in my early years, we sang both hymns and choruses. We had a red book full of hymns and a yellow book full of choruses. Hymns we know are those classic songs that have shaped our faith. But choruses were, were somewhat more fondly those short of little uh, songs that were sung. And uh, they played an important part in the worship life of of our churches as as I grew up and I remember so many of them fondly to be honest with you and the older I've got the more I reflect on on how valuable they were but there's one that has stood the test of time many of those songs from the yellow elim chorus but we we don't sing anymore but there's one that has stood the test of time and in fact it's been recorded in differing ways by many a contemporary worship leader you'll know it well it simply says this turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Wow. You see, the goal of our faith is not a trouble-free life. It's a God-filled life. Lift up your eyes and look towards God who has promised to help you. You know, sometimes we don't need more effort on our part, but a little bit more patience and a little bit more surrender, a little bit more just giving over to him and trusting him in every moment and every season and every experience. And know he is protecting us. He is shielding us. He's attentive to us. He is with us. If you're looking for help today, I want to say to you that you'll find all the help you need in Jesus. You may not know Jesus personally. You may never have opened your heart and life and invited him to come and be the Lord of your life. You could do that. You could talk to somebody at church there. You could contact Pastor Mark or somebody in the church there and, and that help you. But you may be a follower of Jesus and you need help today. 
and want you to know that God will help you and shield you and watch over you and guard you if you will look towards him. And the things in your life may not change immediately, but your heart will change and your perspective will change as you lean into him. And I really pray today that you will be able to say with the psalmist that remind you of how he starts after this psalm. I lift up, I look up rather to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. May you discover today that your helper is with you constantly available to you, listening to you and finding him all the resources and strength you need, not just to survive, but to thrive in this life for the glory of God and the extension of his kingdom. God bless you.